begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, aka Star Raptor, here for another episode of Outer Rim Transmission. It's going to do it for episode 131. Tonight, we are talking about our favorite endings of Star Wars media, whether it be the movies, our favorite endings to some of the shows, books, comics, etc. We're going to leave no stone unturned. And I had to bring in a guest tonight to help us break it all down. I got Jesse from Question Possible Answer Podcast. I was a guest once on your podcast, a really fun time. But how's it going? Welcome, welcome to Outer Rim Transmission, man. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's going good. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. So I met you back in person in 2022, which seems like so far away, back in Anaheim, you were sporting your Obi-Wan Kenobi look pretty well back then. Um, so it was really a, really a great time, a, a great focal point for all of us guys, um, online friends to finally meet in person. But yeah, I mean, Japan's coming up. I don't know if you plan on making that trip, but it, it was great hanging out with you there. And just, yeah, I mean, have you, have you thought about going to any other conventions in the future or anything after that experience? Was that your first celebration? That was my first convention of any kind. Oh my gosh, I yeah. did not realize that. Um, I would love to make it out to Japan. It's not in the books this time around. Uh, I'm hoping to get some local cons here pretty soon and see what I can get into there. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty banner year because it was the first time I was in California. It was great weather all weekend around, you know, Disneyland was right there, all that fun stuff. Uh, we got, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was being premiered. You had a whole bunch of stuff from all the other uh, pieces of media out that year. But yeah, I mean, Japan, Japan's coming around, coming around. But yeah, tell us about your podcast. I was a guest once on it. Yeah. Uh, so what we tried to do, and we're trying to get back to the heart of it, because we kind of got lost for a while there. So we're trying to get back to our basics. And what we try to do is take Star Wars, for example. We'll take, like, A New Hope, and we'll watch it. Um, and then we'll try to come up with questions of, like, well, would that work in our world? Or what if gravity, you know, what if they had to obey Earth's gravity on the Death Star and stuff like that? and just fun ways to see how the science of the movies that they don't tell you about. We try to incorporate that into real life and vice versa. And also throw ourselves into situations like, do you think you would survive that? And most times the answer is no. Oh, yeah. I, we had a lot of fun on our episode. Remind me, which which was it that we were talking about on, on, the, on your episode? It was a while back. I remember properly, I believe it was our Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, 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 yes. Um, oh, yeah, one of, the, one of the only times where a video game movie for me actually worked, like, as far as, like, it was actually entertaining and not really lame, and that kind of kicked things out, and now we have Last of Us, which is, like, prestige video game television, and Super Mario Brothers this year is a strong year for any kind of video game adaptation in any medium. But um, yeah, I know I know you've been spinning around some ideas for future episodes that I might be a part of. So I am looking forward to, to getting back in there because it's a fun podcast that where I get to actually flex my creative ability out thinking outside of the box. And I really appreciate that because um, I'm, you know, I, mostly I'm planning on talking about, you know, news and different things I could just comment on as a commentator. 
but to actually think in those manners is is it's a lot of fun. So I had a great time being on there. Yeah, really looking forward to having you back on once we get all the details ironed out. Mm-hmm. And so Ben, how's it going, man? I know you might be Good. kind of, you know, having some attention divided to some degree, but you're with us. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still here. We were letting just Jesse chat away. Um, yeah. For me, I I've been doing pretty good. Had a good weekend. It's the typical, you know, this time of year, cold, rainy weather in, mm-hmm. in our parts, Chris. You know, so it's just just been a pretty chill weekend. Just playing some Xbox, hanging out with family and friends, watching some shows and movies and things. And um, the funny thing is, um, for maybe a lot of our listeners, um, so me and my cousin, we've actually. He hasn't watched Andor yet, and he was like, do you care to watch Andor with me? And I was like, I, I guess. Um, so I, uh, so so me and him, we watched like the first half of the season, the first six episodes, you know. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, so we, we were doing that because he, you know, he doesn't want to like take three years to watch it, like an episode here and there. So we're just trying to like just do like three episodes each weekend about. So um, so we did that. And uh yeah, I mean, my standing with the show still stands. Not the biggest fan of it. Um, I can see where people enjoy it, but uh, but yeah, like and and he's kind of ha- he's kind of like the similar b- boat as me. And like you know, when I when I introduce people to new things, I definitely don't try to like bias them on anything. Like I don't give my opinion of it until like way after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know, he he kind of is falling in like a similar say criticism as I have of where it's like, hey, you know, it's like. It drags a lot in the early half of the season. You know, he liked yeah. the episodes, the, um, you, you know, because, you know, the first six episodes, like every third, it's like a wave. Yeah. It's like slow, middle, mm-hmm. more action, Climax. slow, middle, yeah. more action. And like, you know, his two favorite episodes so far were the were the third and then the sixth episode. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's kind of like in that for him. Um, and he and he even said, like, I would have really liked, like, say, the first two episodes if they were had just like a little bit more in them and stuff like that um so so yeah i mean he's he's you know saying it's the series is fine solid so far um and then i'm sure we'll continue watching it next weekend so that's kind of my weekend star wars Rewatching andor for um a lot of people's surprise there we go jesse i don't know if i've ever heard what your take on andor is i know it's more sci-fi than uh fantasy for most people's thoughts on star wars what was your take on it it's been a while since I've watched it, but if I remember properly, um, I probably I enjoyed two thirds of it. But it was like I, I can't really describe it without going back and rewatching it, you know. But yeah, uh, I really, for the most part, I really loved it. Especially uh, what is it? No way out. I think was the name yeah. of the episode, and per, per, that whole arc uh-huh. and beyond was just uh, chef's kiss seriously and it's awesome to see the fandom take to it so much like i always say in london like everybody was like andy circus was there and they had all those people in the uniform on program and they were just doing no way out running around the convention center like that did not take long to sink into the fandom zeitgeist you know it's just 
what an achievement um, in cinematography at the end there as we're spilling out of the imperial cog shaped prison from the viewpoint of a bird. It's so good, so good. You know what, Ben? I think you convinced me again to rewatch Andor lately because <laughs> really we talk about this every week. Like you're talking about one arc a week, and I'm like, ah, my girlfriend hasn't finished watching it yet, and I think she left off on arc number two. So mm. I have a good reason to rewatch it. Be like, ah, I gotta watch it because she's gotta watch it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a bad way to watch the show. I would say, um, versus watching it at three in the morning and being like, "What is this?" Oh my gosh. So, uh, so, um, so yeah. I mean, I think I think she could potentially enjoy it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a fine show. Can I just say, I I don't think I've ever said about my appreciation for. Disney Lucasfilm, Disney Plus to start putting out the shows at a reasonable hour because those Wednesdays were killing me at work, man. I'd be waking up at like three in the morning or like five. It's it just incredibly early because as a Star Wars fanatic, I just have a thing in my brain where it's like, I got to watch it first. I got to be one of the first people that watch it, even if it's yep. in the middle of the Same morning here. for me. I'm like, I got to get up and watch it. I got to be able to talk about it at work. And then I get to work and like, everybody's like, Shh, don't tell me anything. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay. It was good. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Mean that's... You didn't stay up until five, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, those those nights when you watch them at three in the morning. By the time the episode finishes up, and then you like get around for bed, it's four fifteen, four thirty, and it's like, whoa, it's almost daylight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for me, my weekend Star Wars. I went to a convention. I went to the PAX Unplug, which is. A tabletop RPG card game event. It's basically every game that's not revolving on a screen or or imprinted on you know portal. It's all the old school kind of games, and they are showing off. They had a big booth, Fantasy Flight Games. They are the publisher of the upcoming Star Wars game, Star Wars Unlimited. It's basically think Pokemon cards with Star Wars, and that's that's the game. It's a trading card game. It's a very competitive game as well. So I got a chance to to sit down with actually one of the developers. Uh, the the uh, I think it's the OP director Josh was showing uh, me and my girlfriend how to play. Really really fun. I absolutely loved it. They have really cool mechanics that revolve around uh, really fun moments in Star Wars. I'll give you an example. So there's one card. It's an event card. Um, so you put this card out, and it's called "I Am Your Father." It's got a nice image of Vader on there, and it says, "Oh, deal seven damage to an to an enemy card or something." But if the opponent says no, <laughs> then you draw three cards instead. So it's like this really fun mix of like you can be playing the game, and all of a sudden you're just hearing people do like the the Vader like no in the middle of this gaming hall because they're just they can't resist just saying no like Vader with that card, and and you know fun stuff like. They, they did a great job. The artwork is fantastic. It's got that very much comic booky look to it, which is right up my alley since I love reading the comics every week. Shout out to Tractor Beam, me and Matthew Nugabauer doing that podcast every uh, Thursday on the uh, Star Wars Underworld Network. But yeah, I was able to also sit down and have an interview with one of the lead game developers, uh, Jeremy. So that was really cool. I have that coming up. It's I still got to work on editing that, but that will be on the channel very shortly. So yeah, that was my that was my week in Star Wars. You know, didn't didn't see any like cosplay, but it's not one of those sorts of things. It's just more or less like a Pokemon Magic Gathering. They did have Star Wars 
tournaments for Star Wars Legion. Oh my gosh, you guys should have seen these tables. They had like a Geonosis table with the miniature guys, Death Star, Battle Hawks with walkers downed. It's a high level tournament for these miniature games at this particular convention in Philly. So yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I'm just like, yeah, this is great. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I knew you were looking forward to it um, when you were talking about it last week. So it's good that it, it's good that you um you know you had a really good time with it like that. Yeah, it was a fifty fifty shot that I was even going to go because apparently my mm -hmm. catalytic converter in my car went. So surprisingly, in a crazy turn of events, the repair on the car was a lot less than I thought it was going to be. So I was like, I guess I could still swing going down there for for a few hours. But we're going to get... Oh, do, by the way, Jesse, do you have any Star Wars things you want to share for this week? Anything in particular? I don't, I don't think I did anything Star Wars this week. Sometimes which it's is, okay to take a break. That's how, that's how it is sometimes for us, too. Yeah. So <laughs> Sometimes it's fine to just take a break from the galaxy far, far away. And uh, I, I, I did think about starting the sequel trilogy again. I, I've thought about it. I haven't. I haven't oh. pressed play on the on uh, the first on uh, episode seven yet. But real quick, I mean, hit. I, what is your yeah, take on the sequel trilogy? Uh, it depends on my mood. Some days okay. I love it. Some days I think it was a terrible decision. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's overall. I think it could have been done better. Mainly, I feel like a lot of the issues with it came with the constant changing of directors and just the behind the scenes of mm. not really having a plan before they hit, all right, go. Yeah, I know Ben definitely subscribes to that opinion as well. Uh, and I oh, sort yeah. of do as well. Yeah, it's just, I think, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be one of these fans, but hey. <laughs> Here we Got, go. Gotta say it. But <laughs> hey, th there's always a but. Um, so I think um, right now, if the sequels were getting made right now with this current new arrangement, say with Dave Filoni and Carrie Beck, I think they would have been drastically different or at least, you know, maybe tweaked in different ways overall for all three movies. Um, oh, yeah. Honestly. Like, I, th I think I think we would have gotten something drastically different. Maybe, you know, keep same characters and, or some concepts and things. But I think I think things would have been very, very different. Yeah. You talk about Dave Filoni being the guiding light to the ideas that George has. He understands the ideas that George has better than probably anybody else on the planet since he was a pupil of his for 10 years. So as we were saying last week on our show, like we were talking about the future of Star Wars under... You know, Dave Filoni's new position and Carrie Beck and all that. It was just, it's not so much like, oh, the canon tidbits about, oh, you got to have this planet or this thing. It's just the overarching view of like, oh, what's the force like? Oh, what's in a feel, the, the feel of Star Wars more than anything else? How does it feel like it's George had made this, but he's not here anymore? That sort of aspect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think with them, um, you know, they could have like Dave and Carrie could have potentially like influenced it in a, you know, like you said, kind of more of a Lucas way than say going out on a like really creative way and like totally, um, you know, totally going out there on some of the decisions. And like, the thing is um, at the end of the day, in my opinion, I think um, 
you know, Last Jedi is always such like a hot hot button topic. But okay, so I think for most people, love or hate the sequels, I think you know most people can agree Episode Seven and Nine are safe compared to Eight. But my thing is, I think what like if you're coming out with the sequels, I think you either go not safe from the jump and just rip the bandaid off with Episode Seven. Or you should just play it safe for all three movies. Like, you know, because it's such a knee-jerk reaction going from safe to not safe, back to safe, versus <laughs> just start it off from episode seven and jump, you know? So, like, I think that's something that really hurt them was that kind of, like, back and forth. And I think, you know, to get back to, like, my, um, my point there was I just think with with some of the new people involved now at Lucasfilm you know, there'll just be more, you know, like you kept saying last week, Chris, more cohesiveness with these projects versus just a knee-jerk, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So getting into the show proper, we have some housekeeping to get through. So first of all, we go live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We also are available on any podcast streaming app of your choice, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, whatever the place, we're probably on there. If we're not, go ahead, send us a DM on one of our platforms, and I'll try to fix it for you. Um, yeah, so there you go. Getting into the releases, this week is very sparse. Uh, not really any new stories, but there was a new release, and that was the um, Obi-Wan Kenobi ad adaptation. This is issue number three. As we say, if you've watched the show, you've read the comic. There's not much else to report on. In fact, I didn't even include it on my week's breakdown of comics because, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Hey, if you're a fan of the art, then you're going to want this because the cover alone is pretty badass with Vader and Obi-Wan there. I think there was something that I left out. I think it was there's the Secrets of the Wookiee book. They did Secrets of the Bounty Hunters, Secrets of the Jedi, and Secrets of the Sith. It's just a really cool illustrated large book from Insight Editions that just breaks down things, uh, lots of items, weapons, and stuff, I'm sure, based all on the Wookiees and their history, and probably sure there's probably some kind of Life Day entry in there as well. I think this upcoming weekend, we have the High Republic um, character encyclopedia, which has like over 250 characters. So that's one I will be picking up because that's going to be really useful for the High Republic. But getting into our next story here, this is what's going to spawn off our main topic for the night. We're talking about the unfortunate conclusion. I don't want to say cancellation because it's not cancellation. Dr. Afra comic series that started in 2020 is ending in January. Yeah, I believe in January it will be the 40th issue, which is funnily enough... 40 issues, the first volume. So the second and the first both have the same issue amount. It will come to a conclusion in this Empire in between Empire and Return of the Jedi era. Um, very, very fan favorite character, very beloved character. Honestly, kind of shocked we haven't seen anything with her in like an animated series yet. We haven't seen her in live action, especially considering one of her compatriots, uh, the good old Black Kersantan, was in Book of Boba Fett with no sign of her to be had. Um, so, Jesse, do you have any experience with Dr. Aphra as a character? Um, only from what I've read on the wikis. Um, gotcha. When it comes to the comics and stuff, I tend to wait for either 
the conclusion of the series mm-hmm. or a big change in it, and then I'm like, okay, I can sit down and enjoy it from start to finish. Because I hate sitting there, yeah, and either not knowing when the next issue is going to be, yep. or if I miss the issue. <laughs> I, I, and so I, I like being able to have all all of it ready. So I'm looking forward to being able to finally dig into the series. Yeah, it's it's nothing like having one of those big collect editions where you just sit there, you can sit there for literally an hour and be like, boom, I'm going to just knock this story out. You know, it's very much... A, the, comics are an industry that thrive on the, the issue more than anything else. That's the marketing. That's how these things are done. It's We got to write in some kind of clever cliffhanger with every issue so you're waiting on bated breath at the edge of your seat to pay them another five dollars the next week or the next month i mean so yeah what about you ben what, what experience do you have with the legendary archaeologist that is Chelly dr afro yeah i mean i would say my experience with dr afro was like probably i guess you'd consider like the gen one dr afro from like whenever whenever oh, um yeah. you know she first got introduced like say like Here say like you know the first couple years or something of her being um in Star Wars, you know, obviously, like with them having more and more and more issues of, you know, like her comics, it just it just got too much for me to like keep up with so much of it. Um, but the the thing I I said early on about Doctor Afra, I thought that would have been really cool would be to have an, um, some type of an animated series with her character because you know that whole almost uh i mean i guess kind of like christian harloff came came up with the terminology so i can't credit myself for it Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like the anti-indiana jones like she's like an indiana jones for like the bad guys basically so like it's a it's a uh i think she would be it'd be a cool character to have a show about um or it would have been at least like even a even a limited like a six episode tales of the jedi-esque thing Mm. um like i i think that'd be really cool just because then it would expose that character to more people and then potentially introduce more people into yeah. that entire comic line. Yeah, the, the, the one thing with, with her stories and why they work so well in the comics is because there's not really any hierarchy that's been explained where it's like, oh, this medium can do this or this means more in this medium. But I will say it seems like comics more than any other of the mediums in Star Wars can get away with a lot more zany, crazy stuff because... The audience there is all is probably the smallest audience. Let's be real. The comics is probably smaller than the books, smaller than the games, especially in the movie. So they, they can kind of go off and do their crazy adventures, but you know, when you when you bring Afra into like a series, they're probably gonna have to tame her down her storylines down that they would from the comics because they're not gonna have her running around with this ascendant, you know, spark eternal artifact that basically mimics Sith sorcery and the Force. It's using magnets, and these, it's after being possessed and being killed, <laughs> but being survived by this thing in her chest. It's, like, so far-fetched, and that's the charm of the whole series. But, you know, I mean, they could easily just put her in anything and just, you know, they'll probably have to tune it down a little bit. But from what it looks like so far is we're going to get more the writer Alyssa Wong took to Twitter to officially announce, like, hey, this is ending, but stay tuned. So uh, the way things are going right now, they are not telegraphing her death or anything. So I think we're going to just, you know, see her float into the post-Return of the Jedi era 
which would work perfectly for getting her into the Mandoverse at one point, you know, just five years after Return. So we do have something called Star Wars Revelations coming out later this month, which is just kind of like a preview issue of like all the current Star Wars stories, the big things that might happen in 2024, and Afro is going to have a story in there. So I think we're going to get our answer in that. Um, but yeah, that does spawn off to give me an idea for the episode that I have tonight is our endings that we really like in Star Wars, whether it be movies, TV, series, books, comics. We're going to kind of just open up the floor here and just go through why we like some of these endings more and more, um, what they mean to us. Is it the music? Is it the feeling? Is it the cinematography? Is it a combination of them all? I'm going to throw it over to our guest, Jesse, first. So we could kind of just go around like no real organization on this kind of free flow conversation. Um, yeah, I know you were thinking about this earlier today. So what was something you could start us off with? Um, I'll keep it simple and go to the movies uh, mm-hmm. for this first one. Uh, the ending of Attack of the Clones. Ah, you took mine. Uh, sorry, beat you to it. It's all right. Uh, but what I love about it is, so throughout the movie, we start to see the pull of the dark side, and it's not as heavy as it is in, uh, in Return, or Revenge, sorry. But And then, so you're kind of up in the arrow. Is this when he's going to turn? Sw- and then at the end, it seems like it's all buttoned up in a nice pretty little bow. He's getting married, but then the... You know, the true fans know it's like, oh, well, that's against the Jedi Code, so that's just something else that might be pulling. So you just get all these little things, I feel like, but it's still a positive ending. And you know that it just leads us into the third movie where it's like, well, we we know what to expect now because he's at his pinnacle there. At least to me, that's he's at his pinnacle, he's at his happiest moment, and from there it's all going to go downhill. Yeah, so you you kind of took the one I had, but not really, because I had a whole different reason why I was thinking oh, okay. of clones. So this is what's cool about this topic, is we can think of the th- same thing. I have completely different outlooks. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go off of your idea right there, just r- riffing off that a little bit. It's just, yeah, it's something I didn't think about. But yeah, the whole idea of the Jedi code and how you can't have attachments, and yet you see um, the biggest form of attachment is matrimony or whatever um you know being wedded to somebody else like oh crap like what is what is going on is going against the jedi order one of these crazy things that happens ben uh, what do you have to say about this yeah i mean it's i think it's i think it's one of the um better endings to you know for those reasons for you know him going against the jedi order for like the whole pull the dark side for even you know, pa- us getting to witness like Palpatine slash Sidious like observing like his clone army and plan like really getting pretty much enacted in that movie. So you know, it's it's great getting to to see uh, to see all of that like play out and everything. But for me, I would say my favorite movie um, or my fa- my movie ending that I came into this with that I would say is my like ideal or like favorite one is return of the Jedi. And like the reason for that is just because I think return of the Jedi has the best overall end sequence of any of the star Wars, like any of the movies or um, just in general, because you know, you have such a, you have a simultaneous um, Hmm. like action going on between 
the throne room scene versus the space battle versus Endor. Um, you know, you have all this stuff going on, so many stakes at once. And then, you know, of course, the, um, you know, the throne room fight. And then, you know, you have obviously like the ending of Luke appearing on the Force Ghosts and like, you know, turning his father back and all that stuff. And, you know, pretty much ending, you know, the uh, ending the Star Wars like saga until, you know, we get everything in the 2000s. So it was just, uh, I think, a perfect ending to Star Wars at the time when Return of the Jedi came out. So for me, that's like my favorite ending out of the movies. Like I do, you know, I I personally rank Empire above all the Star Wars projects and movies because I think that movie is perfect. But I think Return of the Jedi has like the perfect ending sequence. Yeah. So when you're saying Return of the Jedi, which one are we talking about the actual release in the theater or the special edition? Um, <laughs> I would say, see, that's tough because... See, I'm I'm always falling back on like different semantics of things because like this is my my thing when it comes to Star Wars and like the special edition talks and everything. Like, sure, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the originals and everything. Like, you know, Han shooting first, obviously, and like you know, none of that wacky music from Return of the Jedi at the beginning in the in Jabba's palace or any of that stuff. Um, but my thing with the special editions, like you know, when you hear Lucas talk in his interviews and stuff, like his original vision was like technically what the special editions are mm-hmm. so it's like so it's like ah oh, it's such a hard choice but my 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 thing with the special edition version i do like that it bounces around the galaxy but i do wish they would have kept like the yub nub thing with the ewoks and um i don't know i wish we kind of got a combination of both the old and the new version because also another thing i really I have a hard. I always go back and forth. It, it depends on my mood. Like Jesse was saying about how he feels on the sequels. Like I kind of feel that way on the Anakin Force Ghost thing because hmm. it's like, okay, you know, we show Hayden Christensen, but technically, like, he was good in the Vader suit in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So shouldn't we be seeing the Force Ghost of him? at age whatever like 50 or whatever he'd be by 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 the time return of the jedi or, or 40 something like versus just seeing like hayden christensen so it's just like that's always kind of like if if i've been in like a clone wars mood lately i'd be like oh yeah mm-hmm. i'm fine with hayden christensen and then yep. other days it's like man that really i don't know about that 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 doesn't add up because what are we going back to him right before he slaughtered all the younglings or something like yeah. um so so i'm i'm always hit and miss on the special edition but overall like forgetting all the extra junk that's put in return of the jedi or not put in i think that has the best overall ending in terms of just like structure what's going on stakes like you know there's so many stakes and um like john campy has said for years like i think return of the jedi has the best overall like space battle in terms of like mm. you know the way it was shot the implications of the space battle of what was going on um so i think with all that combined I would say, like like I said, it's probably the best overall ending of any of the movies. Yeah, I will say that when it comes to the Anakin, Hayden thing, Jesse, I think it was just more or less like, oh, we're going to tie in the prequels to the original trilogy. Yeah. This is the easiest way to do that. Okay, remember that guy you seen in three movies from the 2000s? Well, yeah, it's all well, one universe. He- it's all one saga. This is going to meld in with the original trilogy. There you go. You don't know this... We don't know the other guy. We've seen him for two seconds. You know, it's well, see, this guy see, means that's a, more to us than I hate to say it, like this actor 
portrayal of Anakin means more than I forget the Sebastian actor's name. Shaw. Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Yes. Well, see. Okay, that's another gripe of mine. If you're gonna go in and change him um, from the ghost, why don't when Luke takes his helmet off, you could easily put makeup and stuff on Hayden's face and CGI his face oh. onto the um, the face of of Vader without his helmet. Like I Can wish, yeah. you know, if you you know, don't half bake it. Like don't go and just change a little bit. Like if you're gonna change something as drastic as the ghost, you might as well change the face of Vader as well. That's something I always thought about. Jesse, do you think it's possible they might actually do that in the future with the way technology is now? Um, if, from what I understand from the sag after deal, that's not happening for at least three years. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, maybe eventually. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if if they have the nerve to try and do like a super special edition or. Super Star Destroyer Edition, whatever they want to call it, you know, put a fun little twist on it. <laughs> well, um, at that point, they're probably better off just reshooting the whole movie, and yeah. that's a whole other discussion. Because yeah. it's basically like crapping on the actor that has been doing, been in that, you know, for forty years. It's like, wait a minute, where's my face? Like that's against. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're you're just asking it. for more strikes. Yeah, yeah, and and. Uh, that'll never happen either because um i'm pretty sure with the with the deal they can't touch the sequ- the um the uh episodes one through six mm-hmm. so it'd be like a lucas can consent type thing with that oh um, okay i see yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's why see that's why remember everyone was so riled up at first when um when the whole mcclunky Mc, Mc, oh yeah mcclunky thing came out but the reason that got put in there is because that was the final cut that Lucas had, like, in, like, whatever his archives or whatever, you know, so they had to release that version of A New Hope. So that's why that came out. You know, that wasn't Disney adding Greedo saying McClunky. It was, you know, that was Lucas's, like, I guess technically final edit of A New Hope. Um, So, you know, that's why that was put in there. Um, Interesting. But, but yeah, so those are some, yeah. yeah oh, gosh, it, we're going into deep dive breakdown of Return of the Jedi now. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to bring it back. I was, I was trying to bring it back. I was going to bring it back. Just to riff off like your idea of, of just Return of the Jedi as an ending. It's just the idea of it did a really good job with bringing everything to a really nice closure. But then you could speculate. You could also still speculate. Like, okay, Jedi, you know, Luke... He's left up to having a new Jedi Order, maybe. What's he going to do? He's the last Jedi, you know. And Yoda kind of gave him a mission in a way to be like, you know, rebuild the Order, maybe. And then you have Leia. It's like, okay, wh- what is the Rebellion going to do to pick up the pieces after the fall of an Empire, after 20-something years that they've been in power? So you could, like, have so much stuff in your head about talking to your friends at the schoolyard, you know. Just like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, that's the really powerful thing about Star Wars is the really good Star Wars stories. Always leave a little bit to imagination. Not everything is explained. Like, we don't ever see who that bounty hunter or man tell that they ran into and Empire Strikes Back is still to this day. We don't know anything about that. And I think it's nice to leave stones unturned. And then, you know, eventually Timothy Zahn picked up the, the, the torch there and started to lead the, the EU and different things like that. But... Yeah, Jesse, where do, where do you take it when it comes to R- Return of the Jedi? Did you feel like it was a satisfying conclusion? 
I did. I really loved how everything seemed really well paced. It, you weren't mm-hmm. rushing to get from the space fight to Endor to the throne yeah. room. It seemed like it just happened naturally, which I really loved about that because I feel like if you were to try to balance three different fights today, that's it's going to be a rushed movie. Yeah, uh, most of the time. And to um, me, yeah, to me, Return of the Jedi, like I still learn more about it every year almost. As a kid. I looked at it really superficially, right? I was just like, ooh, space battle, boom, 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 this is fun, Ewoks fighting, cool, this is awesome, this is Star Wars. And I realized I totally skipped over, like, so much clever stuff that the Empire did. Like, it didn't dawn on me as a kid, like, what was happening. Uh, Ben, you mentioned, like, the significance of what was happening. Just the idea of Palpatine's ultimate plan to, like, lure the, the rebels there and then to spring this trap on them because the shield generator and he's proving to them like oh yeah this thing looks like half baked but it's still operational like all that crazy stuff the emperor finally seeing the emperor in power this guy that we've heard about all these years to see it actually to see there's so much thematic resonance in this sequence and in this end of the movie just triumph over evil and redemption as a theme just really great stuff that will see the test of time like these kind of messages just go on through through history you know oh yeah i mean that's that's why that movie's so highly regarded like it just wraps everything up really well and uh you know it was just a nice nice conclusion to the saga at the time um so yeah i mean i think i think that's a really good ending i do think um kind of like sticking in i guess in this same era of Star Wars content in terms of like post or around Return of the Jedi, I think for me, um, another really good ending moment of a show or movie, it has to be, I think, I think to me, it's probably just like, you know, observing Star Wars fandom online over the past few years, especially since, since the force awakens, basically we'll say Mm -hmm. since the force awakens, like observing, um, online fandom and everything and talk, I think the best, like, the biggest watershed moment for Star Wars fandom so far in this, like, Disney era has to be Luke showing up at the end of Mando Season ah, 2. Ah, we're on the same like, brainwave tonight. That was on yep, my list. Yep, because, like, because, <laughs> like, with you. because, like, because if you think about it, like, everybody was talking about it. Everybody was excited. Yep. Like, my, my my best friend was over. He, he watches all the shows with me. Um, and, like, you know... Me and him just had that conversation the other day. We were like, man, you know, we're never going to have another moment like that. Most likely. It's like a 99% chance we'll never get another moment like that in Star Wars. Because, like, that was a moment, like, none of us were expecting. None of us were expecting to see a young Luke, for that matter. Also, you know, it it was such a big moment in the Star Wars fandom, like... Not not for just, like, seeing Luke do really cool action stuff in his young form. But also, you know, it was it was after the fallout, like, you know, say what you want about The Last Jedi. It's a divisive movie. Like, everybody knows that. But it was after the fallout of The Last Jedi, you have this big Luke moment that unites everybody. Like, people who love The Last Jedi, people who hated it, people in between. And, like, and everybody in between. I mean, heck, I had people... You know, I had, like, relatives texting me saying, like, oh, hey, I watched the new Mando episode. That was so awesome seeing Luke come back and <laughs> blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, you know, it was just such an iconic major moment. Like, I watched that episode probably three weeks ago. Mm. And it's so great because 
you know, obviously, when you see, like, you know, you, you hear him say, oh, an X-Wing, you know, an X-Wing's yeah. coming over, and, and Cara Dune's like, oh, a single X-Wing, blah, 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 like, and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, Grogu's ears perks up, and you're like, oh, man, you know, that's for sure. Obviously, like, Ooh. us as fans, we know it's Luke, just because, like, who else would it be in a single X-Wing? But, but even if you're taking away a hardcore fandom sense, like, you know, Grogu's perking up because he's sensing something in the Force is coming, like, you know, so it's, it just, it was such a perfect, well-rounded way to wrap things up for that season, and then, like, you know, just the action sequence of Luke just coming in and just, like, totally kicking butt against all those, all those Death Troopers, um, and it just, uh, yeah, that was, or Dark Troopers, Dark Troopers, I mean, Dark Troopers, and it was just a great way to really, like wrap up that season like in yeah you know that's a moment none of us will ever forget yeah for me it's it, it works on so many ways from a meta perspective i know i know milton who couldn't be on the show tonight i know you ben really really disappointed with what they did with luke and last jedi and yeah people were expecting like the mass grandmaster luke from legends to just go out there and just destroy everything and just be this unstoppable force. And, and they were very disappointed from the actual resolution of his story. But this is like almost a time to be like, this redeems it in a way. It's like, this is the Luke we've been wanting to see the Luke that had been on his own since return of the Jedi. He, he has been going all the, all over the galaxy gathering holocrons jedi holocrons whatever and figuring out different force techniques and just the ways of the 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 galaxy and then to see him just it was just this triumphant moment that i think everybody for one point in star wars that was that was the one time in the fandom where like everybody was united i i mean sure you had some people that were like oh i don't i don't believe the the technology of the face yet it's it's uncanny valley it's it's weird but I mean, I think some people could just look aside that point and be like, but this is the Luke I've always had in my mind, you know, for 40 years of him just kicking butt and taking names. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's that's the important thing when it comes to that sequence. It's not even really about the tech. It's more about the moments. And also, it's just like, you know, I, I don't. See, I, I like I, I do kind of harp on people when they when they really go hard in the paint on like the visual effects of like certain things. Because at the end of the day, you know, no matter what most most people, if you're online talking movies or shows, or not even on a show like ours, like if you're just on social media talking movies or shows, I'd be willing to bet you some of your favorite movies were from the 70s or 80s or 90s where the effects weren't you know as great so like you know it's just a, it falls under the umbrella for me like so what does that mean like empire strikes back because its graphics aren't as good as force awakens does that mean that movie's a lesser movie no of course not like that's that's not the case at all because like graphics don't mean everything because if they do then transformers would be the greatest franchise ever so <laughs> you know you have stuff like that so yeah for me like i i think that's an important um aspect of it it's just like overall observing the story than just being like a a major graphics over analyzer or something yeah but I, I how, think... how, how about you jesse yeah yeah so I, I i i say the same thing about the new indiana jones movie um you know if i know there's going to be an issue with cgi or something i'll look at it once to 
get a grasp of it, but like, okay, well, you know, should they have recast on this or whatever? Now that I know that that issue's there, at that point, that means, okay, I can listen to the voice and I can look at other spots of the scene and look for Easter eggs, look for hidden tidbits, mm -hmm. and instead of focusing on the part of the scene that I don't like, I can go around and look at other aspects to see what I do like. And yeah, I, I loved that scene in Mando, you know, we get to see Luke with the hallway scene after all of the feedback from The Last Jedi and stuff. It's, we get to see him, you know, this isn't even at his peak. This is probably five or six years before his peak. Mm -hmm. And so we get to see him doing all these awesome things and just demolishing with a straight face, which might be, you know, a part of the hate. But, you know, it, it was amazing to see... You know, because at this point, there's rumors of this Jedi that was on the Death Star or whatever whenever the Emperor yeah. died and Darth Vader supposedly died, but no one knows how it happened. <laughs> and now you get Moff Gideon with that look of fear on his face. <laughs> and he's like, oh, crap, this is an, you know, an honest-to-God Jedi coming for me. And just everyone involved in that scene played it so well that it, it sold the whole thing. So I, I didn't even care about the CGI at the end of the day. Yeah, I think the the build up was incredible. As you said, Ben, you know, the X Wing, then you see a gloved hand, you see this guy just well, whipping a saber around like like Anakin Skywalker. He's in the same lightsaber form essentially as his father is like, oh my yeah. gosh. Well well even I mean even to 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 rewind it just a little bit in the episode Earlier, subconsciously, like in all of our heads, and even just say the casual audience's heads too, we saw Din Djarin, you know, get the heck beat out of him by one of the one of the dark troopers. Like uh -huh. those things were just pretty much destroying Din and stuff. So, like, you know, we see Din act, you know, get defeated pretty much by the by them, and then we see Luke just like mow them all down like it's nothing. And then even like the end when he does that crushing move on him, like you know, like that whole thing, that whole sequence, it just. Uh, you know, it really solidified that entire, like, entire, like, build-up and everything. I mean, I think arguably, like, you know, that type of an ending, especially, like, with the implications for Grogu and everything, mm. I think, I think they, they could have just really left Grogu out of Mando Season 3 and, um, and, you know, moved along with it. So, so, yeah, it just, it's definitely very interesting to see the way the way things ended up going afterwards, but yeah. at least at the time anyways, we were like really loving that conclusion. Um, yeah. What yeah. really worked as well is, yeah, you got like that really awesome fan service. People have been waiting for Luke just kicking butt. But then with Pedro Pascal's performance of like shedding tears, taking off the helmet to grow. It was such a climactic moment that shocked everybody because we've seen how important it was to keep the helmet on. And here he is revealing his face to like everybody around them too, just like just really focused on that relationship between the two of them and them getting pulled away from one another by this stranger. It's like, oh my gosh. And yeah, at the time it was there was so much speculation and fan theory about what's gonna happen next. And that is just you need to have that emotion, but also that badassery at the same time. And I think that's nope. The recipe for success, when especially in the Star Wars sphere of things. Oh yeah, I I say it constantly. Star Wars fans are not that hard to please. Like, you know, give them like 
I've said it for so long. If you give Star Wars fans like a B B plus story, if you give them a B plus story with good action, most people will like it. They really will. Mm. Um, and it's just yeah. So like they did such a nice job with that. And like you said, Chris, of course, like the stuff with Din, um, and then the other characters, and it just it was a really nice nice build up. And it was kind of like a build up of almost like a little arc build up, you know, after. Grogu got kidnapped in um, in the uh, the tragedy episode, the, the episode a couple prior prior episodes before when Boba Fett does his thing, like you know that whole sequence. It, it's it's a nice build up to Luke coming to save the day because you know they're building it up through those three episodes. Like it's like okay, we're getting this super team together of like Boba and these Mandalorians and Din mm-hmm. and everybody and blah blah blah, and then it's like oh wait you know, these guys are still not enough. And then Luke saves the day. So it's, it was a really nice way to do things. Um, so yeah, like I, I just thought it was a, a really, you know, good, mm. good way to wrap up the Mando series. Now I do have to ask you guys this though. So we, you know, we've talked movies, we've talked shows. Is there any, and you know, of course I know Chris, like we couldn't talk about endings on anything without bringing up books. Are there any, book endings that like either of you really look to and you're like oh man that was a really good star wars book ending i'll tell i'll, I'll tell you one in recent times and that's the one that came out earlier this year by delilah, delilah s dawson that's called inquisitor rise of the red blade it's got a say shakespearean ending and i'll leave it at that mm. i don't want to give too much away but it's got something that'll kind of hit you in the feels and also shock the hell out of you and you and, and then you read that line that's like the last line you close the book and you're like that was freaking crazy you know <laughs> so I, I it came out this year so i don't want to spoil it. there's probably people nope. catching up out there but um as i said before in my review it's it's one of my top rec- top recommends for star wars books in the last couple of years so that's the first one off the top of my head <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good one there was a lot of good buzz about that book out there there was i mean there's i see i I feel like I saw more about more chatter about that book than I have the, a lot of books lately. Probably the the most chatter I, I saw that book being talked about, and then the other one I saw talked about before a lot on social media was the um, uh, Shadows of the Sith book. Those are oh, the two books I feel like. Yeah. Those are the two books I feel like that I saw a lot of just like trending talks, videos, random people posting about it. Um, so like that's always such a nice aspect of like the Star Wars fandom, you know, is mm-hmm. like the book sections of it. Like whether it be, you know, current canon or like legends books. Like for me and Milton and so many people that have like read like every legends book basically. Um, you know, there's so many great storylines out there. Um for me, for me though, I actually uh over this past summer I just finished the original Thrawn trilogy from the yeah. 90s and the third book of that has such a nice ending because you know you have so many things going on at once. It's it's kind of it's kind of Return of the Jedi esque. Mm. You know you have you have Luke, um, you have Luke and Mara Jade fighting um, Jeruus Sabaoth in oh. the in kind of like a throne room situation mm. in Mount Tantus. And then you know while they're doing that, oh. you have you have Lando and Chewbacca going to the sub levels of Mount Tantus basically to try to set explosives to like blow the place up because you know it's full of it has like 30,000 clones in it ready oh to go so you know it has a bunch of clones so like you have Lando and Chewie and then um 
you know, on top of that, you have Leia and Han and like um and like the droids like you know they're leading an infiltration mission to get into mount tantus to like Mm. go find luke and and mara and you know so you have all that stuff going on and then you have you know obviously you have like mara and you know there was there's a big build-up from the books too you know it's like a nice payoff like because you know earlier when in the in the um other books when like sabioth gets introduced you know, you have him tell Mara, like, you know, pretty much you'll turn with me eventually, blah, blah, mm. blah. So, like, you get to this whole sequence in the throne room, and, like, you know, it's, like, Mara's, like, choosing point, kind of like Luke in Return of the Jedi. Like, she has to choose to go with him or, you know, stay on Luke's side. So, you know, so obviously she stays on Luke's side. You know, they defeat Sabaoth, but the interesting thing with him is, you know, they had to fight Luke's clone, and because they cloned Luke off of his hand you know, from Empire Strikes Back. So you have that whole sequence. So you have that going on, plus this sabotage thing going on with Lando and Chewie. And then you have Han and Leia, you know, doing their thing. And then, and then you know, it's it's like a nice wrap-up of events for, you know, this is kind of like a pseudo-sequel trilogy for all intents and purposes. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it wraps things up. And, you know, by the end of it, you have, like, Han and Leia, you know, um, you know, Leia's... Leia has the kids, has, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Jason and Jaina, and then you have the ending of it. You know, throughout these books, you're kind of, like, building up this, this, like, almost romance between Luke and Mara, but it's not, like, fully out in the open yet. And by the end of it, you know, the the final thing of it, the final sequence of it, you know, you have Mara and Luke Mm -hmm. standing on top of, like, the Emperor's Palace on Coruscant, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're talking and stuff, and Luke basically, like you know, you know, does, does his play to get her to be a Jedi, but also, you know, probably to get her to like, you know, fall for him or something. Cause she gives, <laughs> she gives her, Luke gives Mara, um, the original lightsaber, the Anakin lightsaber actually. So, Whoa. you know, it's like, it's such a big moment, like for Luke and Mara's relationship in the EU. And, uh, Wait yeah, just a, where did he get the lightsaber from? How did he find um, it from cloud city? Because, uh, Luke, Luke, or whatever had it, like Sabios clone, because they oh, found it when, they, when, that guy when comes they, from. Yep, when they when they when they cut off his hands, yeah, you know that's that's where that's where they found it. So you know it was recovered oh, and stuff. So he um, was cloned by the hand. He was cloned by the hand, and they actually oh. do a flashback. They do a flashback in that book to like them going down into like the depths of Bespin what? or whatever and finding it. Now, so. Not to get too off topic, but I remember looking in the comic book and they had a hand floating in a back attack in the, what is it? The freaking play, not Mount Tantus, um, Mount- wherever, wherever, uh, Plagueis is. No, 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 Plague. I'm losing my mind, everybody. Exegol, Exegol. <laughs> oh, Exegol, yeah. Yep. It's in a comic book. I think it could have been actually well, the current Darth Vader series when, when Vader goes there and finds, uh. Ochia Bassoon and all of them are there. Yeah. In the city. Oh, yeah. I mean, Papatina's showing them, like, oh, here's my fleet of ships that are being built like 30 years. You know, it's like a big retcon to, to the sequel trilogy. It's like, oh, yeah, these yep. Star Destroyers have been here for years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. So you have, so you had that play out, you know, via Luke's hand and lightsaber. So, you know, it's a cool, like, ending to the, the Heir to the Empire trilogy with, with Luke and Mara. And, you know, obviously, like, it ends with, 
um, you know, Luke walking away, and then of course like Mara's like smiling and you know stuff, mm. and it ends. So it's like it's like your happy Star Wars ending, basically. And then you know it's kind of foreshadowing to like, like you said, Chris, it doesn't answer all the questions because it leaves her a choice. Like, does she want to be a Jedi yet or not? And like you know, Luke, you know what's going to progress with their their relationship or not? Like, so you have these questions that are unanswered, and then you know Zahn continues to answer them in further books. So you have that play out. Um, so yeah, that's why like the last command, like I really love the ending of that book. And then of course, you know, I can't I can't go without saying like the way Thrawn gets taken out by by Rook is great. Like because you know through the whole Thrawn trilogy, um, you know Thrawn's basically belittling the Nogri species mm. and like saying so much stuff about them. Basically, mm. just saying they're you know they're cannon fodder for the Empire and like you know hey. We're gonna use you guys how you want to. We want to use you, and like you got to deal with it or else. And yeah. like you know, Thrawn like said so many like degrading things throughout the books. You know, through books one, two, three, and then eventually, like by the end of it, you know, when Thrawn continues to do so, like eventually Rook just snaps and stabs him and kills him. Dang. So so like it uh, you know, it's it's like a perfect ending uh, to like his character because. You know, even even Thrawn like gives like an iconic line. It's like, you know, that was like an artful killer. He says something like that. Like oh, it's like a, it's a very wow. it's a very it's a very Thrawn line. <laughs> um, so you know, you have that play out, and then even they don't even like Zahn doesn't even answer the question of what happens to Rook until like a future book. Like right now, I'm listening to the first book of the duology, mm. and you know they actually call back to this book, and when Rook was trying to escape, you know he got like taken out by. Paleon and some of the mm. um you know Paleon's like like royal guards or whatever wow. so like so you know you have that um so it's it's just cool how they leave some threads unanswered in mm -hmm. in the final book but uh but yeah that's why I really like that ending of that book I do have to say though Chris when you mentioned the floating hand um thing there was you know this isn't from like like you know Hollywood Reporter or anyone but like you know there was those rumors way back around the force awakens that jj was kicking around the idea of opening force awakens with yep. a floating hand mm -hmm. um so it's like you know that could have been a thing so so yeah that's kind of like my thoughts on you know the um that's my favorite book ending um but do you have any favorite book endings jesse or should we should we uh should we talk some video game endings since we're yeah, covering I, all the spectrum, <laughs> I, I I love my books. I'm terrible at remembering the endings, though. Like I hear you, man. I, like I, I was hear you. I was looking through my phone just a minute ago, where I've got most of my books at, <laughs> most of them are audio, and I was like, Master and Apprentice. I don't really remember the ending, but I remember Same. the rest of the story and like all the other books. I'm like, ah, I really don't remember the endings, but I know <laughs> yeah. I enjoy the books. Yeah, well, that, that's un that's understandable. I mean, because you know, all of us, whether it be canon books, legends books, we've read hundreds and hundreds yeah. of star wars stories and i do think i do got to throw out one more book before we mention video games um one of my favorite endings that isn't like earth galactic shattering i think is just one of the coolest endings in star wars um like period so it's it's from labyrinth of evil oh, the book yeah. that takes that takes place after episode two and i love it because so in the, in the book you have all the the, the main storylines going on with anakin and obi-wan and everybody else but there's like this like pretty much D plot storyline of like this um 
um, of this galactic or this Republic officer investigating, you know, pretty much who the Emperor is or who Darth Sidious is behind everything. And, you know, throughout this whole book, you have this mystery. They sprinkle it in really nicely throughout the whole book. And then by the very end of the book, it's like the final two pages, you know, he like pretty much finds the Emperor's secret tunnel, goes Ooh. down there. And then, you know, you're in his perspective and he's like, you know, he gets force choked basically. And like the door opens up and he's like, I knew it. I knew it was you. And, you know, the Emperor kills him. So it's like, mm. it's such a cool ending because it's like, man, wow. they, the Republic was that close to finding out who mm. the Emperor was. And it, it just, it, it was, that's an ending that's always stuck with me because it's like, you know, it's one of those things where they almost get caught. Yeah. Oh, sheesh. Um, hey, what, what book was that again? I'm going to have to add that to my list. I don't think I've read that one. Labyrinth of Evil. It's the one with Anakin's okay. Anakin's face on the front. Um, That's James Lucino, it, huh? Right? Uh, Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Um. While we're talking about paper cannon, as the guys from Tractor Beam call it, yep. <laughs> and Ion Cannon, I'll throw in comics. Uh, comic story that there's so many. So as, as Jesse said, I know about what happens, but the ending sometimes is a little bit murky for me. What I will say is the short and sweet ones I can remember more. You know, the ones that are like 70 issues, like Star Wars flagship, eh, it gets a little bit hard to follow. But um, one by Charles Soule is The Rise of Kylo Ren, four issue miniseries. Basically, the backstory for Kylo Ren, he, it shows how he gets you know, initiated with the, the, with the Knights of Ren at first. And then at the end, it's all about his turn to the dark side and like his mother is like in his mind and, and all this stuff. And he, at the end of it, it's just a really cool shot of him bleeding, bleeding his like blue lightsaber into a um, crimson, uh, you know, the, the, the cross guard saber at the end there. So that, that was a really evocative image of just Ben just like screaming. And there's this like crimson red like panel in the comic of just like all this dark side energy as he's bleeding the crystal. I thought that was really cool. Oh yeah, I've heard I've heard plenty of people talk about that one actually. People are a little bit on the fence of that one. That one does have a little mm. bit of discourse because it's a little bit unclear of exactly what happens with the temple that gets destroyed mm. because there's like a bolt of lightning that strikes it, and it's not clear if it's Ben or if it's Snoke that does it. And I don't know if Charles Saw has given us a direct answer on that yet, but it's because it, it could be pretty divisive upon who does it you know if it is ben yeah i could see i could maybe i could maybe make the guess it would be snoke just because of the power level and i mean we do see yoda do that um with luke's hut and everything like we see yoda's ghosts interact pretty much with the physical world so like maybe snoke's able to do that from further away or something potentially yeah. and, and and i've seen some people talking online chat lately i think one of the one of the downfalls of the sequel trilogy is like we didn't get enough backstory for the characters the backstory we got was kind of muddied a little bit like in last Jedi, like oh you get three different perspectives of of what happens the color and it's a cool concept but i think we just we just need a little bit more meat on the bones when it came to like okay what exactly threw Ben over the edge was it that was it a combination of other things and and that's what Charles Soule tries to do in this comic and I think he he mainly succeeds but it still is not like okay here's our definite answer. Yep. 
So getting into video games, I'll start this one off. Now, Jesse, have you played Jedi Fallen Order? Yes. All right, I think we all have, all three of us then. Yep. I'll say the ending of that game is, is brilliant because you spend a whole game, and this is spoilers for a game that's been out for like three years. Sorry, guys. Um, I won't talk If you spoilers. haven't played it by now, if you haven't played it by now, you won't play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Milton hasn't played it, but I guess he can fast forward this part if he's listening after the fact. <laughs> but um, just the idea of like you're going after the Jedi holocron that has all these names of these students that are being hunted but could be used to recreate the order so you go through this whole game you know with the mindset of oh i'm gonna recreate the jedi order to fight against the empire we're gonna keep the jedi going and then by the end of it cal is just like you know what who am i to judge the fate of others and that's like one of the most jedi thing i've ever seen anybody do it was just like the profound moment of that he had this clarity in himself to be like no, I, I. why should I have that judgment? If they're out safe, I don't want to make them in danger. So I just liked how it was that, that shocking moment where it was like, oh, this wasn't what I expected. This wasn't your typical, like, oh, I, I know what's coming. This is just like, oh, out of the blue, a lot of, a lot of character growth. Yeah, if anybody wants to pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh... I think that ending is really, really good. Um, I had a, I had a great time when you know when I was playing through it with my ex at the time. Like that was a, uh, it was a fun game. It was, it was a nice, like you said, it was a nice ending um, with Cal, especially because, like you said, it's like a really Jedi esque thing for him to do, especially for that time period. Like you know, if you think about the, like the implications of it, like being post Order sixty six with the Empire in control, et cetera, et cetera, like. You know all of those sorts of things so it's it was cool getting to see him to have to like make that type of a decision and stuff um so like i think i think that's one of the better endings of star wars video games um for me though like in terms of like memorable memorable games i would for sure have to say it has to be revenge of the sith um just because like that was the first game i ever remember playing that really made that really gave you an open-ended choice to a game of what you can choose what happens you can choose to do what happens like just the original revenge of the sith movie or you when you get to like the mustafar fight when obi-wan and anakin are fighting you can uh you can like toggle and go to the go to the dark side story oh. ending so you know you have you have it you have it play out so when when you toggle because you know you go through the whole fight of like anakin and obi-wan fighting and fighting um you play from like the different perspectives of them and then you get to the the sequence on the lava river with Anakin, and you know it's the whole, you know, don't try it like him, him with the high ground, that whole thing. And when you do that, when you choose the dark side mm -hmm. ending, Anakin like blocks the saber and then flips over Obi Wan and stabs him. Oh. And then you know when that happens, you're like, oh man, what's going to happen next? So then you go to the next um, cutscene, and you know Anakin walks up you know the emperor's already loaded out of his shuttle with clone troopers you know standing alongside the sidewalk basically or like the landing strip i guess and you know they're standing there and the emperor's talking to him about like succeeding and like you know just doing his like evil bad guy spiel and anakin um flips around him and kills the emperor mm. and then anakin like pulls his lightsaber out and ignites it and he's like you know now i will rule the galaxy and it's like boom it's like you know so it was the first like introduction to like an alternate ending to 
a Star Wars video game, really, like where you could do a choice. So I really, really love that ending just because, you know, it makes it a little more fun when you play the final mission of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. Just I know they ported it to the Xbox recently. Have you played that game lately? I haven't played it since. Oh, what was that on? I think it was original Xbox. on the original Xbox. Original, yeah, yeah, two thousand five. But that was also going to be my answer. Uh, was going to be Revenge oh. of the Sith for for the exact same reason, being able to for the alternate ending, not for the not for the altruistic ending, but for the alternate. Um, yeah. yeah, that was amazing. And then, kind of in the same vein, you can kind of throw the Force Unleashed in there, except oh, I yep. don't. I don't remember the two different endings for that one. I just know one was you could kill Vader and the other was kill the Emperor. Mm. Man, I, I don't remember how that affected the story, which one you were... Yeah. Yeah, because the one... All right. Gosh, it's been so long. This is when we need yeah. our... For... This is when we need our Force Unleashed expert Milton on here. Um, <laughs> because I think it's the one... So the one where you kill the Emperor... I don't remember if you what happens with Vader in that, but I know the one. I think the one where you kill Vader is where like the Emperor like shocks you and you know damages you, and that's when he puts you in the suit and you're like looking out of the helmet, like the Star Killer helmet at the end, I believe. That, that's that's I I think, but I I could be totally wrong. I it's been so long since I played through those games. But then there's the the actual ending or whatever where it's like oh so he was involved in the creation of the it changes canon a little bit if you accept it as part of your canon for the mm-hmm. creation of the of the rebellion and everything but i loved yeah. back then considering it canon and being like oh this is the story of the rebellion forming you don't realize it until yeah the final like the final five ten minutes or whatever uh-huh. and then you're like oh okay it's all starting to come together and i want to say they were back on Kashyyyk or something in the final scene, pretty much yeah. at the start of, of where the game started yeah. and the room with the rebellion symbol. I was like, oh, it's, it's like almost full circle without going full circle. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that, that was that was legendary. We can't talk endings without that game. Uh, and you can't talk endings without Knights of the Republic. The game has been out for like 25 years or, or no, 20 years, but I'm still not going to spoil it. Uh, just that big paradigm shift shocking moment uh as a player character really really awesome moment um people to this day say it's one of the best moments in the game and uh, i agree it's still still up there after all these years um going back to the movies for me because um i didn't mention this one a new hope i mean that's the thumbnail of this image right oh yeah it's just uh the, the 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 track the soundtrack we didn't talk about the influence and the importance we talked a little bit about ben how you preferred them to have the old song in return of the jedi yub nub um it's just funny to see how important the music is because uh, a while ago there was a, a video going around of like hey it's a new hope without music and you just hear all the sound effects without the music it's like yeah john williams scores as much of a character as harrison ford carrie fisher and mark hamill so uh, you know, I, I see people coming out to that track for their wedding. You know, it's like the, this nope. super triumphant song, but also the triumph against evil. And it's just like the happiest moment. Everybody's smiling, getting the medals. 
and uh it's just the, the end of the beginning of it all <laughs> essentially because yeah. it's like oh this could be the last one or it could spawn out to be the most successful franchise in history of anything <laughs> i i do think with that that's a very good um it's a good it's good that you break that up as a, as our final like movie i think though okay so for me it's like empire's the best return of the jedi has like the best overall ending sequence but I think A New Hope could arguably be the best isolated Star Wars movie if you, you know, cut everything else away. Because, like, you could watch A New Hope and basically stop watching Star Wars if you want. Like, you know, the, it ends it really nicely. Like, the bad guys have been defeated. Um, you know, so it's just a, it's a really nice way to end things. And like you said, it's a good triumphant way. You know, you're always, like, smiling at the end of A New Hope because it's just a good, um, a very good ending overall. And, like... Um, especially after the whole trench run sequence, like the drama, the buildup of that. And, and then of course, like all the stuff with Vader and it's just, a it's just a really nice, really nice way to end that movie. And it's, it's easily one of the most iconic star Wars endings, I think. Oh yeah. So does anybody, we could go across any territory at this point. I, we, the nice organization. I like going in that nice level between, Talking about each medium, but does anybody have any other things that come to mind? Any honorable mentions? Anything else? Uh, just with how you were talking about with the music, it had me thinking real quick. Is like with John Williams, I think he's the, the only composer that I know of where they will do events where you go and watch a movie, but yeah. there's an orchestra in the corner playing mm -hmm. the music. I, I don't know of any other composer that, that they will play their movies and yeah. then bring in the orchestra to do that. So just speaking out for how the music is as much as a character, you know, yeah. It's like, those events help solidify it because then you get to be there and, like, watch these awesome moments and then the music is just that more profound. Oh, yeah. I can't recommend it enough. I've seen Return of the Jedi during New York Comic Con. I think it was, like, 2018. Really awesome moment. Ben, have you ever been to one of those? Um, no, I haven't been to one of those. I've always seen them advertised. One thing I always say, I, I wish I could, would, I want to go to eventually, even, even if I can't make it to one of those, like, movie orchestra type things, I would love to go to, um, whenever they do, like, the Hollywood Bowl when, you know, like, John Williams performs and stuff, because, oh. I mean, he's 91 years old or 90, like, he's getting up there, but he still performs there, like, he performed there this past summer, and, hmm. and, uh, and, you know, he, you know, when he goes to, goes to that whole that whole thing like you know he goes through so many of his like big tracks and whatnot so see i've never been to one of those but i would like to go to one eventually so yeah mm. heck yeah we have we have sims in the chat saying return of jedi is simply is my favorite simply because of sidious oh yeah yep. yeah just bring it to the closure of the main villain reveals himself to be an old man with a cane that somehow dominates this superimposing figure of Vader in this suit of armor that's this really buff dude. It's like, it's just funny how that works. Like, it, ultimately, his mind is his ultimate weapon versus his body, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, we, we learned that lesson from Yoda, like, in Empire Strikes Back, mm -hmm. talking yeah. about, like, you know, leave your weapons behind. Like, you know, the Force is your ally, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the Emperor was kind of like the ultimate you know being of that like showing that exact example like the he only needs the force so it uh it is it's a really cool ending to like the emperor's character 
um, at least temporarily. Um, so yeah, it's a good bookmark. So, so yeah, it's it's a good bookmark <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think we covered a lot of great territory in this episode, and I want to thank everybody for being a part of. It. I want to thank the chat for participating. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us here on Outer Rim Transmission. It was a really fun time. I hope you had fun. <laughs> no, it was great. I loved talking about the ends of all these different medias and bringing back memories of some things I didn't remember, you know, like uh, with the Force Unleashed ending and <laughs> the uh, the other endings and just kind of analyzing them a little bit. It, it was great. It was a blast. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah, it's great taking a trip down memory lane as we often do here on Outer Rim Transmission. <laughs> ben, thanks a lot for being a part of the discussion once again. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's always it's always a good time um, hanging out, talking Star Wars, and uh, you know, talking about these endings are a lot of fun. Like like you said, it's a trip down memory lane for a lot of them, and you know, just explaining why you know those are those endings are some of the big reasons why we all love Star Wars, mm -hmm. whether it be the movies, the shows, the books, the video games, and anything in between, really, for that matter. So uh, so yeah, it's always a great time talking Star Wars and. Um, for anybody who's wanting to like finding to uh, chat with Star Wars, chat with me about Star Wars, you can find me on X at Real Ben Maynard or Instagram at Real Ben Maynard. Yeah, there you go. And Milton, you can find him on Twitter X at Milton Weber Seven, I believe. Yep, and then his Instagram is Milton Seven Weber, and he always posts like his workouts and recipes and stuff on there. Yeah, and Jesse, tell the audience here again, where can they find and download and listen to your awesome podcast, Question Possible Answer? Yeah, uh, so it should be available across all the networks. Um, I know it's on Spotify, Apple, and you can find it on Anchor, which I guess they've changed their name to Podcatchers or something. I don't remember exactly. Oh. But it's the website that does our publishing and stuff like that. And on there, they have direct links to all the different services where it's active. Mm. And we should be returning to YouTube soon, but don't quote me on that. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and well, we might just maybe, and there's probably like, uh, I would say over 50% chance. I'm throwing this out there, guys, that we might have some star Wars video game news to talk about next week, because we have the Game Awards hosted by Jeff Keighley. You know, it's called the Game Awards, but it must be called the Game Advertisement Show because it's they always they're always showing off world premieres. I think Ubisoft's next big game is Star Wars Outlaws, and uh, usually most mm -hmm. publishers come with at least something to show off. So I'm thinking whether it might just be another trailer, maybe it's another gameplay trailer, or maybe it's a cinematic trailer. I think there's a good chance we could probably see something, and if there is something that comes out. You know me, I'll be talking about it on this channel next week, as well as any other news that might pop down the line. Ben, you and I were talking about Bad Batch. It looks like Star Wars is cryptically putting out some social media posts of, with Bad Batch front and center, and then people that have worked on Bad Batch talking about how they wrapped uh, sound with uh, David Collins and all this stuff. So I'm thinking that's the next thing we're going to get. If we're looking at last year that came out January 1st, I don't know if it'll come out that soon since that's under a month and they haven't ever given us a date, but yeah. So next week we could be talking about animated series. We could be talking about, Oh my gosh, we forgot to talk about an animated series ending. All right, real quick. Clone Wars <laughs> at the ending with, with Vader finding 
her sabers. I was going to say this, and I completely forgot. There we go. We covered all territory. <laughs> yep. I I would say, let me think, animated endings. We have Clone Wars. We have Rebels. Rebels. Resistance. We have Resistance. I don't even remember the end of that. Um, <laughs> it didn't end well. I will say that. Okay. I was going to say, I don't remember the end of that. It wasn't um, supposed to end that way, so we don't even have to talk about then it. Then we just choose the ending Tales of the Jedi. I'll, I'll oh, yeah, then, oh, yeah. Then we have Tales of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. I guess. Okay. I do got to mention it because it's all. I always have to. It's like I, I'm. Uh, I'm like obligated to mention it when you mention animated shows. The Tartakovsky Clone Wars ending is really oh, good too because like it leads up to yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Like it cuz you know when you watch the ending of that it's it's literally like a scene or two before the opening of Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi-Wan fly out in their starfighters. So like it's a uh, that's another really good ending as well, but I don't know. I think the animated realm even Rebels like they they did a good job of oh, wrapping yeah, that up belongs. and leading yeah. into what we're getting now with Thrawn and Ezra, of course, like the implications. So like, I think across the board, other than say resistance, like star Wars has done a really good job on their animated endings, even going back 20 some years ago. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be seeing the end of the bad batch. They have confirmed season three will be the end. And just as excited as I am to see the end, see how it all plays out. That means we'll be getting something new. So uh, that's a little bit further down the pipe that we have time to talk about on tonight's episode. But as I was saying, you can find me here next week. We're going to be talking about whatever comes out next. That'll be Sunday, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. We will put the podcast up available for download, usually on a Monday or Tuesday, whenever I can get to it. I don't have a specific timing on that, but just search Outer Rim Transmission, follow us on any of your podcasts, give us a like, give us some comments to help spread our positive Star Wars community here on youtube.com slash Raptor. So thanks for everybody for watching. That's good to do it for Outer Rim Transmission, episode 131. Thanks for watching. May the Force be with you and transmission.